The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Remy, Dungeon Master and a player on the Riftwake podcast. I'm Mitch, a player on Riftwake, and I'm taking over for Nathan. And today's topic is cheese. So over the next month or so, you may notice that we end up doing a couple of slightly unusual episodes and to be blunt the reason that we're going to be going through these is that this is our last month with nathan so we're going through the topic list and actually recording a bunch of the episodes that he proposed and some of them are a little bit silly some of them are as dark as you may come to expect from nathan's sense of humor so today we're just gonna be talking about cheese Mitch, what is cheese? It's a little piece of heaven. (laughs) True. But as a Wisconsinite, you are the actual resident expert when it comes to what cheese is. So Uh, do you want to I don't know about expert, but uh, I'm definitely a fan. (laughs) All right. So the short version, it is milk that has been curdled and strained into a usually solid product and what is what makes cheese very different from milk is the fact that the process that it goes through to harden into that block or wheel as we may often see is the fact that cheese has an extraordinarily longer shelf life than milk does to the point where cheese depending on the exact types and details can just be out for weeks up to even months so in D&D, there is a solid reason that rations are usually considered to be like some kind of, you know, jerky, smoked meat, something like that. And cheese is a staple of adventurer rations, and that is for good reason. So with all that being said, why would cheese be relevant in a Dungeons and Dragons game? Uh, rations, deliciousness. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to be fair, that is very true. But the angle that I think I'm going to take to focus on for this topic is something that I did briefly talk about in the past when we just talked about using food to kind of help show the culture of a place. Because, Mitch, you tell me, how many kinds of cheese are there? Oh, fucking hundreds at least. Yeah, 
like there there is no known number because everyone makes many different types of cheeses there are at least hundreds probably thousands so another kind of neat thing that i actually didn't know until i actually did some extra research for this episode how old is the cheese making process a couple thousand years i remember reading uh yeah i remember reading they found a wheel of cheese in a peat bog that was like twelve thousand years old or something absurd and apparently uh it's still edible <laughs> see that's a story that i'm always amused by whenever we find ancient food stuff somebody always eats some uh, like, it was described as pungent and stinky. <laughs> of course it fucking was. Like, did you hear about the dude who ate uh, the honey in King Tut's tomb? Uh, vaguely. I know it was still good. Yeah, it, it was. Honey is another one of those things that just never really goes bad. Also, apparently, Woolly Mammoth is gamey. Somebody, somebody found that out. <sighs> Man. Humans are just ridiculous sometimes. Man's but anyway, Yeah. But, okay. So I don't know about a 15,000-year-old piece of holy mammoth, but, you know, if I had the yeah, chance to try I it, know. I still probably would have. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know that I would eat it, like, fresh out of the ground. Oh, no. He cooked it first. But, like, yeah. But, like, I don't know. Because just, like, that's that's so different just biologically with just another 10,000 plus years of evolution. Like, I don't know what that would do to my guts. Yeah. They, they didn't go into that when I read it. Yeah. Like that's something I am curious about that they don't discuss, but anyway, <laughs> backtracking back to the topic at hand though. <laughs> so like you said, it is many thousands of years that there is known data that cheese has happened. So the, at least according to the Wikipedia article, the earliest like actual stuff that they found in the archaeological records, it goes back to Poland in 5500 BC. So 7500 years ago. And that's just that they actually have stuff, like physical evidence therein. It's theorized that it does go back a few thousand years farther and into like the earliest domestication of sheep. So cheese is ancient. Now, to take that into D&D, it's actually a pretty interesting thought for me. Because, Mitch, you've played D&D for a good number of years. How old are most D&D civilizations? That's a good question. I've never actually thought about that. Because if you have an elf that lives thousands of years and is thousands of years old, and has, like, stories of their grandparents, then how old is a D&D civilization? Or just life in general in a D&D world? Or sentient life, I should, or sapient life. Ah, shit. Especially for, like, long-lived race, it's gotta be at least, like, fuck, 15,000 years or something, right? It very well can be, yeah. And this is something that, you know, we briefly talked about a, a little while ago in uh, Anachronisms, but society in a D&D world is actually, at least usually, older than ours on Earth. So if you really think about just like the times of like, you know, domestication and industrialization, uh, which is, you know, something I'm going to talk more about in a little bit, like 
D&D's is usually older, which is why. Like, this is the in-world explanation that I use, and a lot of under, other Dungeon Masters, I think, should. Like, it is a very common thing in D&D for Dungeon Masters to make modern things in D&D. Again, that's why we did that episode on anachronism. Like, there are modern things in D&D. Like, <laughs> ball bearings is a thing that people just can buy and use to trip people. You know, glass windows are usually still assumed to just be a relatively common thing. You know, uh, fancy locks are assumed to be a thing. Like, the explanation that I like to think about is the fact that while our world, as far as the general public knows, has no form of magic that exists, so we chose to focus on the development of technology. And then that is where it led us to where we are now. In D&D, they do have magic and have had magic for thousands of years. So they've had magic almost all the, like in almost every D&D world, they've had magic longer than we have had like industrialization by a pretty significant margin. And that creates some interesting things to think about in terms of just modernization in a D&D world. Because, yeah, they may not have guns and such, but if you have a fireball, why would you invest significant resources into the development of guns when you can just do that with your own personal power? Or when you're able to just chuck a javelin that's able to pin three people to a tree? Like, when you have that amount of just, like, magical body, you know, body enhancement and just out force, you know, outwards forces of magic, it just changes the focus of modern development, but that doesn't mean that it wouldn't be modern development. So if you are playing an AD&D game and want to have a lot of modern trappings, like societally, like if you want to say, like, okay, in a world where a woman is just as likely to be able to launch a fireball at you as a man, like you might have more gender equality in such a world. Or maybe you'll actually have certain, you know, the races get along a little better than is often portrayed. So you can have, honestly, even postmodern society aspects incorporated into it because of the fact that magic has just been there for so many, many years. So how does all of that relate to cheese? And it really can just can boil down to if you want to have adventurers just you know always cooking food over a campfire just always traveling in the woods you can do that but if you do have your players come to like any sizable town or city it can and honestly i would say should be an option for them to be able to stock up on just different varieties and qualities of rations like like if you're given a choice mitch and just like yeah, you can have, you know, four weeks of rations. Like, it'll keep you fed, but it, you know, tastes like hardened cardboard. Or you can have something that lasts an entire month, but is, like, an actual decent meat and cheese plate. What are you going to pick just as a human? Uh, cheese and jerky. Cheese and jerky. So even Dungeon Masters that actually do track encumbrance and rations and all the detailed nitty-gritty stuff they don't really focus on any of like the 
more human parts of things the fun bits like discussing the fact of like fine dining versus just numbers on a character sheet and yes i am fully aware of the irony of me being the one to say this but as much as i do love numbers and i do that doesn't change the fact that i know that there are many times where numbers don't add to the enjoyment for other people and part of being a good dungeon master is not just doing things you enjoy but also bringing up and just expanding upon topics that are entertaining for everyone at the table you know or across the screen depending on how you're playing so what could you use mitch as a resource in order to figure out how you could describe types of cheeses that might exist in a D&D world. Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you just go to the Wikipedia page on cheese, it's fairly extensive. I mean, it's Wikipedia. That's kind of what it's there for. So you can just go there, find some of the history of cheese, and you can just think, ah, okay. Okay, you live in Wisconsin, so you know what cheese curds are, right? <laughs> Goddamn right, I do. <laughs> Uh, maybe a little too well nay cheese curds are awesome there's That's two ways we serve cheese things. curds here uh-huh. breaded and deep fried uh-huh. and even then there's two different types there's like culvers where uh-huh. it's like like a, a heavier breading but a lot of places around here they do like a light breading and they do it with one of the cheeses from a, one of the local dairies and it is just mm, perfection the other cheese curd is uh, it, it just sits on the counter at your local grocery store or gas station. Not refrigerated, because room temperature cheese curds, when they're fresh and you bite them, they make a squeaky noise. Yes. And that's the best time to eat them. That's how you know they're fresh. Mm, I want some cheese curds. Me too. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, there is actually a cheese factory out here called Tillamook. But oh, yeah, I've it's had their good. stuff. Yeah, they're good, but it's not Wisconsin cheese. They're, they're a pretty, they're the best, pretty good brand, though. They're solid, yeah. yeah. But they're, they're the best out here. Anyway, so if, you know, cheese is, you know, this 
step-by-step process. Curds, you know, cheese curds are an edible step where you can just stop the process then and eat just the cheese curds, and they're fucking delicious. Like maybe there is just some part of the world that where they just stop there and like, oh yes, like this place doesn't make the fully hard cheeses, but they are the masters of amazing cheese curds. And then you could have, you know, mozzarella, provolone, cheddar, kind of cheese curds. That's pretty fun. And that's just the kind of thing that like people who do like have particular tastes and enjoyment in food can appreciate that level of detail. Like, or just to figure out, like, there are, again, hundreds of types of cheese. Unfortunately, I myself am not a cheese aficionado, but even so, I know that there's a lot of different types of cheeses that exist. My brother is much more knowledgeable on such things, but he, you know, as the smarter one, will just say, like, Remy, this is a cheese that is good. Eat this. Now eat it on this cracker. Now eat it with this jelly, and it's a nice contrasting type of flavor. And, like, I am garbage when it comes to just appreciation of fine food but there is often like a person in a group who is that type of person so having that type of person able to take the lead in game in character can be a pretty fun thing because this is the kind of thing that can be kind of silly but in a good way in a way that you can just like lean into it and then you just have this you know character who might be you know this paladin you know lawful good like even to the point where sometimes they might get on other people's nerves occasionally but then they just have this fun tangent kind of episode when they just have a lot of fun in this just small town that makes a particularly good blue cheese and they just get to be a little bit more silly it that kind of thing can even humanize that like type of you know more single-faceted seeming character to add a little bit more dimension to a character. And this is something that could be relevant for PCs. This is something that you as a DM might do as just a quirk for an NPC. Like maybe just you yourself, you know, just decide to just make a list of a couple of additional traits that an NPC can have. And you can just have cheese aficionado just be a thing. Because like, you know, wine snob is a kind of, I wouldn't say typical, but not terribly uncommon trait for some NPCs to have that they do just have a, you know, taste for the drink. But just having it be cheese is just different, funny, and potentially interesting. So something like that could just be an entertaining addition just to a character. And again, there are so many types of cheese. So if you think about it in terms of, okay, there are all of these options, but a D&D world is generally a pretty big place. So you can just decide, okay, yeah. So I am just going to choose to make cheese be the thing that I'm using to just kind of add that little bit of extra flavor and detail just to my D&D world. So just to you know throw out the obvious, uh, what is a pretty common pairing with cheese? Wine. Wine. If you just take two things or possibly add a third cheese wine and bread and just those three things and like that's the only bit of food that you actually think about and plan out in your D world that's actually enough because if you think about like ah yes 
you know, this place grows very good grapes for wine, but then this other neighbor, you know, to the south of them, uh, it's just that little bit too hot to grow, you know, the same quality of wine, but that makes it very good farmland for cattle. And so they're able to raise very, you know, good fat dairy cows that is able to let them make exceptional cheeses. And so we have had a centuries long trade alliance where, you know, they send us their cheese and we send them our wine. And we have had this wonderful relationship ever since. And anyone else who tries to, you know, get in on this or tries to, you know, mess up our supply lines, like, well, fuck you guys. Like, that's what adventurers are for, is to protect that kind of stuff from happening. Like, it creates interactions trade government all levels of things by something as seemingly simple and silly as cheese and wine so like you said a moment ago wikipedia is a great resource because just on the main <laughs> wikipedia page of cheese like they have just a types of cheese list so i don't know a lot of the pronunciations of these so this is going to be fun. So I'm just going to go down this list in the order listed. Free cheese, Blue de Gex, Macagno, Berkswell, Maroyes, Mozzarella, Queso Fresco, Smoked Cheese, Burgader Almcase, Sheet Milk Cheese, Quar de Neufchatel, Devil's Gulch, Camembert, St. Julien en Noir, very blue cheese. Actually, you know what? This, that's only like a third of the list. That's probably fine. The yeah, point is, uh, there's a lot of cheese, and I'm terrible at pronouncing the, things. That's uh, Camembert. The, the cheese sound. It's like my okay. favorite cheese ever. Oh, it's really? like a brie. All right, it's not my favorite. It's, it's my favorite soft cheese. All right. Well, just open that in a new tab to look for it at the grocery store later. Ooh, Stilton. Stilton's a good blue. <laughs> See, that's the point. So I know that Mitch lives in Wisconsin. But this isn't exactly a subject that tends to come up often. But at the same time, could you imagine, like, is anyone who's listened, listened to any amount of Riffwick for the last year or so since Mitch joined us, would know that Mitch doesn't often talk up, talk during episodes of Riffwick. He tends to just be... Because it's too goddamn early, that's why. <laughs> because it's very early and just sometimes he just doesn't want to. But now, like, I, I think this may be, like, the most words I've heard you say in, like, a 30-minute period just because we got into a subject that you're honestly more knowledgeable on than I'd have expected. And if I really thought about this more ahead of time, I would have just told you to research and take the lead on this episode. So that's a missed opportunity on my part to not have to do the work. Well, uh, between culinary school and being a fat fuck, I mean... Yeah, but the point is, you have the knowledge. And could you imagine, just like, if we were playing Riffway, like, even though we all know you're in Wisconsin, it would be a funny thing just to have you speak up in episode of just like, you know, just, you know, fuck you guys. Uh, kind of, you know, camembert or bust. Uh, just like, no, 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 I don't care if they have, you know, this normal blue cheese here. We need to find that one. And we need to just like search through all of this area. If they've got the blue, they've got someone somewhere here has got to have the member. Like, and that would just be a kind of funny thing. So we just end up just getting roped into a side quest to find your particular preferred cheese. <laughs> like, I love that kind of side quest because that's the kind of thing that can, like, again, builds on a character and just lets the player just 
have the fun of like, this is just for me, and that's awesome. So uh, do you know of any other resources that might be handy when it comes to particularly using cheese in D&D? Survival guides? Uh-huh. <laughs> so have you ever heard of the website DMs Guild? Mm, I think I have, actually. So that is an amazing resource in general, because that is a website that just has, I don't even know how many thousands of PDFs about fucking everything related to all editions of D&D. But what is particularly nice is that that is a marketplace also where people can share the stuff that they make or, you know, sell their PDFs for other D&D related things. But as part of that, a lot of it is pay what you want. So you can just put zero in and that's okay. Like the, the part of the intent is to just share things. So there are all kinds of things that you're able to download effectively free. And again, thousands of them. I, well, you know what? I'm just going to take a peek because I'm curious. Uh, my library, 1,232 PDFs. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry, that surprised me a bit. Uh, one that I in particular would recommend is Food and Drink in Favor. So obviously that is a D&D setting, but this is a nine-page pay-as-you-want PDF that includes wines, ales, spirits, breads, cheeses, and exotic specialties. So this is honestly a PDF that I can heartily recommend just because this has all three of those things that I mentioned, just bread, cheese, and wine, and then some. So I'm just going to focus in on the cheeses particular. And again, this is not a PDF that I created. This was made by B.A. Morier at Food and Drink in Favorite able to be found and bought on DMs. So they have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 cheeses listed here that they have available in all kinds of different quantities. So they have descriptions of D&D-esque cheeses and, again, different quantities available. So I'm just going to pick and just a couple here. Uh, there's one here that I immediately have to be the first. Beholder! This cheese from Silvery Moon is instantly recognized by its spindle-shaped form. A very common cheese north of the High Forest, it also transports well for adventurers. Three copper per spindle. Let's see, what's another fun one here? Glimmer Cheese! A translucent cheese from Alm. This cheese is known for a melt-in-your-mouth flavor and a strong taste that lasts for several minutes. Uh, six gold for a one-pound brick or two silver per slice. And it just goes on and on and on for cheeses, breads, wines, liquors, spirits, tobacco. They have all kinds of stuff in this PDF. And I really do just recommend giving that one a download because it is just a fantastic resource. You know, if you're just anything like me and want to have a nice selection, but also have no expertise on the subject in question. So in summary, 
cheese is a fantastic representation of a single food good that can be used to explore both the cultures of your D&D world as well as some of the personalities of some of the players that just enjoy such things. So with that in mind, I do suggest putting more thought into implementing use and representation of cheeses in your D&T world. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to a monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit on the subreddit r slash Riftwake Podcast, and you can send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffs and rules at gmail.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.